This one right here is probably one of our most popular. This is the Unknown Dead Men displayed here, 1901. Colby Labrie and I are standing on a street corner in Fairhaven, a historic neighborhood in Bellingham, Washington. And like a lot of historic neighborhoods, if you pay attention when you walk around Fairhaven, you'll notice these little historic plaques embedded into the sidewalk here and there. But unlike most of the historic plaques I've run across in my travels, the markers here in Fairhaven are a little bit darker and a little bit weirder. Like, the people of Fairhaven have dedicated this marker to the spot where they used to display their dead people. The gist of this was that there were a lot of John Doe's. It was a very transient population, heavily male. You know, a lot of times they were drinking, they were fighting, they were working dirty, dangerous jobs, mines and fishing and logging, and sometimes people died and nobody knew who they were. So this is the best part. The bodies ended up with Fairhaven's coroner. And his name was, I kid you not, Coroner J.W. Warner. Coroner Warner. No. Yeah. <laughs> so he kept a little cart at the livery stable and he'd get his embalming on and then wheel the body up here and just prop him up on the corner in hopes that somebody would be like, yeah, that's Joe. I worked with him at the mill. Family in Illinois or whatever, <laughs> you know, so they'd figure out what to do with the body. Fairhaven was definitely a wild, wacky place. And that is not an exaggeration. Like, if you read those newspapers, there's enough stuff sprinkled in there where you're just like, what? <laughs> what is even happening here? This is crazy, <laughs> you know? I'm Sarah Wyman, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we are going on a scavenger hunt in search of more of the odd historic markers sprinkled around Fairhaven. Drowning pool, dogs only, 1891. Capital Saloon and Gambling Hall, 1890. Policeman Phil DeFreeze shot at 23 times. Huge freight wagon disappeared beneath quicksand here, 1890. Sam Lowe's Opium Den, 1904. And as we find them, this 19th century Wild West town will come back to life around us. Rough and tumble laborers, saloons, crooks, and their capers. All coming up right after this. Now playing in Los Angeles. Exquisite food and drink, world class art everywhere, spectacular sports, and dazzling Hollywood attractions. LA offers. The full variety of food scene, from game-changing taco trucks to 35 Michelin stars. And did you know that Los Angeles has more museums and theaters than New York? It is indeed scandalous, but also unfortunately true. So get your fix in music, film, comedy, or world-class museums in L.A. Plus, you can get a behind-the-scenes movie magic with a world-famous studio tour. That is something that should be on everybody's bucket list. Start here with discoverla.com. Explore a new destination every day with Celebrity Cruises. Whether you sail to Europe, the Caribbean, or Alaska, it's an absolutely incredible ship with delicious restaurants, nonstop entertainment, and the best rooms at sea. And now you can book with Celebrity's semi-annual sale. To book, go to Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to select sailings. Savings amount varies by destination. Other terms apply. Visit Celebrity.com for details. 
Ships Registry, Malta, and Ecuador. Hello, are you Colby? I gotta look for the microphone. (laughs) When Colby Labrie and I meet up at the Fairhaven Village Green, she is, to my immense disappointment, wearing a t-shirt and jeans. You know, when I do tours, I'm usually like all dressed up. Bloomers and corsets and like chemises and things. Colby is a historical guide in Bellingham, the city Fairhaven's part of. She owns and manages a walking tour company called Belling History with the Good Time Girls. And they specialize in exactly the kind of content I'm on the hunt for today. Saloons and brothels and spooky things and all the kind of like weird, quirky history. I moved to the area a couple of months ago. And I'll be honest, I had no idea Fairhaven's history was this interesting. Today, it's this upscale, kind of quaint neighborhood in Bellingham. The kind of place that has a village green, a wood-fired pizza place that's called Oven, spelled O-V-N. And across the street from where Colby and I are standing, there is a gazebo that looks like it was ripped straight out of Gilmore Girls. I get the feeling there are certain Fairhaven folks who, like, kind of are a little bit, like, embarrassed of the seedy kind of past and want to be, like talk more about the upstanding kind of history. (laughs) But again, that is not what we came here for. So Colby and I head down the street and around the corner in search of our first historical marker. The markers were first added to sidewalks and planters around Fairhaven in the late 1980s by Tyrone and Peggy Tilson. They published the Fairhaven Gazette together for years and were sort of a local history power couple. Okay, so here's our first marker. (laughs) Yeah, this one is the Capitol Saloon and Gambling Hall. And this, I I don't know if you... From where we're standing, I can see at least two more markers along this block. A cigar factory and Benton's Benton's bath parlor. So we have three markers within 50 feet of each other here. This must have been kind of a happening downtown. Um, Yes. (laughs) You know, there's like saloons on every corner. There's people getting drunk and shooting each other and, um, you know, just getting up to crazy shenanigans. Law enforcement was barely, you know, (laughs) so a lot of the markers are about law enforcement and things like that. As a sort of volunteer, there's like the town marshal, you know, and (laughs) he he embezzled money and ran off and, you know, it's just like all this crazy crooked stuff going on. None of this context is written on the markers themselves, by the way. Each of them just has a date and a little nugget of information. Just enough to get you to go, huh, kind of like a clickbait headline. Do you think we're meant to have a sense of humor about them? Like, do you think that's what Tyrone Tilson wanted when he... Oh, God, yeah. Tyrone Tilson passed away a few years ago. But Colby says you can just tell he found this history as zany and as wonderful and as funny as we find it. But that said, Colby has done a lot of research about the history these markers commemorate. She has a binder full of archival photos and newspaper clippings. And sometimes, she says, the facts just don't add up. Like, halfway to the train station, we run into a marker that says, U.S. President McKinley buggied past here in 1901. Which is impossible. It just didn't happen. (laughs) Well, he was planning to come here. But uh, the trip was completely aborted because his wife got ill with dysentery in San Francisco, and they just bailed and went back east. Then he's assassinated in September. And there's a few more that are, at best, a bit of a stretch. Like Valentine Klein, which, by the way, 
What a name. Diamond Palace owner shot dead in 1907. That part's true, but he happened to be shot in Las Vegas. So not in this exact spot. No. Which is the strong yeah. implication. <laughs> right. <laughs> Again, I'm like, come on. <laughs> okay. But even if all of these markers are not totally historically accurate, that, as it turns out, is very much in the spirit of early Fairhaven. And that brings us to the next stop on our tour, the source of some of these tall tales. So Fairhaven's founding father figure, Dirty Dan, he's the guy, the stone-cold fox in the green there on the bench, the statue. (laughs) When he was alive, Dan was, in fact, pretty dirty. But he was also an important figure in the local community. And today, he's been somewhat reluctantly adopted as this symbol for early Fairhaven. And I just I also like to point out that Dirty Dan was known for telling his own sort of legends and tall tales, which are also woven into some of these markers. So it seems like it's really a part of Fairhaven's like history to tell these kind of crazy, wild tales. As Colby and I keep walking, I get to know some more of Fairhaven's locals. There's Hans Hansen, the Norwegian saloon owner whose wife insisted upon mopping out his jail cell before the sheriff locked him up. A gambler named McGinty who spent so much time in that jail cell that the town called it the Hotel de McGinty. And then there's my personal favorite. And so this one is the Tontine Saloon, Spider Biles, nabbed here, October 1st, 1892. Who is Spider Biles? Isn't that great? Spider Biles and his brother moved to Fairhaven in the 1890s, back when it was competing with Seattle to be the end point for the new Transcontinental Railroad. The town was booming, and Spider was voted chief of the local fire station. But the next year, he lost the re-election. And this same summer, things really start to heat up in Fairhaven, as I like to say, because suddenly there's all these weird arson fires happening. And the newspapers are reporting on them, and they're saying, firebug is at it again. So that's, firebug is like an arsonist, like somebody who's got a mania for lighting fires as a firebug, right? So so you keep hearing, seeing those headlines, and also they keep reporting that Frank Biles, the firefighter, is just kicking butt. Like, he's the first guy on the scene every time, and he's, like, doing a great job putting out all these fires. And it's almost like he knew when and where they would right, strike. you can see where this is going. So there's a fire here in this block, and, um, you know, the alarm gets pulled, and... Uh, a guy comes running out of one of the businesses and sees under the foundation of the building a man crawling in his shirt sleeves and he's like, hey you, come out of there! And they pull him out and it's Frank Biles. And he's covered in spider webs because he's been crawling under the buildings, lighting them on fire. (laughs) And so they called him Spider Biles the Firebug. Colby and I start making our way down Harris Avenue towards the waterfront. The buildings begin to thin out as we leave downtown Fairhaven behind us. A block or two go by without any markers. But right after we cross a small creek, we run into a marker that was put here more recently. This one is was replaced in 2011. Um, I can read what the whole thing says, yeah, too. It says, Chinese deadline, no Chinese allowed beyond this point, 1898 to 1903. And then under it, Mayor apologizes to Chinese community, 2011. Colby explains that there was a significant Chinese community in Fairhaven dating back to the 1860s. 
Many people came as seasonal laborers and worked in the fisheries during the salmon run season. But there was sort of this apparently written into the city charter of Fairhaven between those years stating that they weren't supposed to come across basically Padden Creek and go up into the upper city. They had to stay down here. The original plaque only had the first part of the text that's here today. Chinese deadline. No Chinese allowed beyond this point. 1898 to 1903. And especially without context. That was disturbing. So in 2011, the mayor actually apologized to the Chinese community for the city's past behavior and had a new plaque made. And then there's the Chinese lettering on the marker as well that is supposed to translate. It's a Confucius saying that's something like, study the past so you will know the future. As Colby and I walk back up Harris Avenue, we pass even more historical markers. A few feet away from a utility box is the spot where Matthew was cut in two by a streetcar in 1891. That's a story for another day. We pass the Junction Saloon, where the marker says, quote, nothing of interest happened here. March 17th, 1893. I'm curious, I mean, what's your favorite thing about these markers? Yeah, I just love that, you know, it gets people interested in history. It's like this little tantalizing teaser, and then I get to come in and be like, well, let me tell you all about it. (laughs) Sometimes when we preserve history, we only keep around the stuff that seems big or important on the surface. But what I like about Fairhaven's historical markers is they've managed to preserve the feeling of this place. Not through a single big event, but through a bunch of arguably pretty insignificant ones. The whole point of them is they're not filtered. Some of them are funny or crude, even sad and offensive. Some of them might not even be true. Bellingham and Fairhaven especially have kind of this legend and lore associated with them. And that's kind of part of the fun. And what I like about these markers is that they're not really so much meant to represent like history, a complete history of Fairhaven. They're more like a little treasure put there to like tempt you to find out more. Special thanks to Colby Labrie and Belling History with the Good Time Girls. There's a link to learn more about her tour group in the show notes. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was edited by Tracy Samuelson. Our production team includes Dylan Therese, Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder-Arnold, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire Seuss, Tanaka Maria Muvabadidua, Ellie Katz, Gianna Palmer, John Delore, Casey Holford. This episode was sound designed and mixed by Luce Fleming. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. From the Village Green in Fairhaven. I'm Sarah Wyman. Thanks for listening. Witness Docs from Stitcher. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduce speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary.
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.